You tune into Crummer Connections because you're looking for good business advice from leaders in the Crummer community. But if you've tuned in before, you also know that this show provides you with some insights into what it means to be human. So with that in mind, I would like to say there are times in life when you make decisions for the sake of others. And there are times in life when you make decisions for the sake of yourself. Today, our guest is Dr. Tracy Kaiser. We're going to get to know her and we'll learn more about how she has lived a life of earned determination. Welcome to Karma Connections podcast series. I'm your host, JB Adams. In this series, I'm talking with members of the Crummer community and inviting them to share their accomplishments, challenges, and best career and business advice. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Consistently ranked as the number one MBA in the state of Florida, the Crummer School offers a variety of educational programs to prepare you to become a global, innovative, and responsible business leader. The Crummer Graduate School of Business, experience excellence. Today's guest is Dr. Tracy Kaiser, Associate Professor of Marketing at the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Her specialties are in consumer psychology and behavior, as well as branding, advertising, and urban marketplace behavior. And her research has appeared in the Journal of the Academy of Marketing Science and the Journal of Business and Industrial Management, the Journal of Public Policy and Marketing. Dr. Tracy Kaiser, welcome to the show. Thank you, JB. Thank you for having me. Let's start by focusing on your specialty. We have seen an entire transformation in the marketing landscape over the course of this past year. And some companies got out in front of it like they could see what was coming. And some companies didn't. So from a marketing point of view, what is your reaction to that? I think we were all in a space of the unknown last March in March 2020. And I think no one foresaw how how detrimental this was going to be for the economy, for consumption, for our markets. We just didn't know. We were in a state of unknowingness, um, unless you were lucky enough to be alive from the, the Spanish flu pandemic, mm-hmm. um, but we never saw it coming. And so I think the firms who were really responsive, um, they did so because they had the talent to be responsive and they had the foresight to understand that the pandemic mirrored maybe the recession after 9-11 or maybe the pandemic mirrored um, 2007, 2008 um, economic environment. So I think the companies who were able to respond very quickly were able to do so in previous crises and they did it well. But for companies, especially startups, that were doing this for the first time and they didn't have the experience of going through some of the economic turmoil of the past decade or so, they were caught off guard. Um, I don't think they could have anticipated what was going to happen uh, moving forward. So I think there's there's wisdom and experience. And so the more experienced companies were able to respond accordingly, um, but not as well as some of those inexperienced or newer companies that were in the marketplace. Well, well, I, I want to start just by saying that the pandemic was hard on everyone. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, folks have my empathy because people certainly lost lives and some people lost businesses and some people lost jobs. But from a business point of view, we could say that there were winners and losers from a marketing point of view. And, and it's not lost on me that this interview is being recorded through Zoom. 
and Zoom business boomed during the pandemic. Can you think of some other people who who were doing well or not? So JB, that's an excellent question. Um, I think prior to COVID, you're absolutely right. If you just look at the stock price of Zoom a year ago mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and where they are now, they have certainly benefited from the pandemic. But I would say companies um, like Zoom are really focused on business and even social interactions. Um, which is great because people who were not on Zoom or familiar with the platform can now see their loved ones via the technology. So the blessing for Zoom is not only that it succeeded and did well, but it also allowed people to connect with their families. So I think that's a that's a positive for everyone. Mm -hmm. But if you think about companies like Peloton and other companies that allow consumers to have experiences at home, they also are the true winners for the pandemic. Um, and this is really important for marketing because now Peloton has really changed the way that people work out and engage in fitness. And now there's the company Mirror, who was acquired by Lululemon. These companies are getting it right. Post-pandemic, there's still going to be a skittishness of consumers wanting to go out into the marketplace to have certain experiences. So companies who are winning in this pandemic are those companies who managed to bring their brand into the homes of consumers and to do it well. And I think that shift, I don't wanna call it a disruption because of the sensitivity of the pandemic, but that shift to meeting consumers in the home versus having the consumers meet the brand in the store is really, um, I think it's here to stay. I don't think that's going to change once we turned a corner on the pandemic. Yeah, I have to say that I agree. Uh, so we're gonna shift gears a little bit and go into your business background. Uh, this gives us a chance to get to know you and understand you. Um, I know you were born and raised here in Orlando, but tell us a little bit more about your early business influences. Early business influences. So that's fairly interesting. Um, so I would say I didn't really start to think about businesses uh, until I was a college student or in college. Um, my mother was very entrepreneurial as a child, but I just thought that was her passion and her hobby, um, but not her business. <laughs> and I know that sounds weird to say, but um, I spent a lot of my childhood growing up seeing my mother and father be very enterprising. So I didn't have an official storefront. Um, but certainly they engage in selling and creating items for sale. My mother was a seamstress hmm. and she designed, not designed, but she made wedding dresses hmm. for ladies across Orlando. And she also made draperies um, <laughs> for people to go up in their homes. And so growing up, my sister and I were her little helpers and people would come over and try on things and she would adjust. And so I saw that that was in my periphery my entire childhood. I would say from my father's perspective, he was an engineer, but he wasn't a businessman. Um, so my father was really um, a very logical and highly perceptive man. Um, so if I take the empathy and the softness and kindness of my mother, and I combine that with the perceptive nature of my father and his logical and rational nature, um, I just think it gave me a solid way of understanding the world and understanding people. Um, and so I would say that between the two of them, they were certainly very, um, inspirational and very influential on how I saw the world and how I charted my course going forward. 
And would you say that you apply these lessons today in your own life? You know, what, what are the strongest aspects that you take from them that you apply? So my mother was the fifth child out of 12 and my father was the only child. So my mother, um, having such a large family, you know, and everyone had to do their part. And during that generation, and you know this as well, is that families had large families to work the farm. Mm. Um, That's how they made their living um, in those days. And so my father, on the other hand, was the only child and came from a very, um, I would say, privileged background. Um, And it's really interesting that he and my mother found their way to each other. Um, So I I have the hard work ethic and just the sheer drive of my mother because she always talked about how hard life was going to school and working at the same time for my grandfather. And then I have my father, you know, where he didn't have to do any of that. He just enjoyed life. And so I think between the two of my parents, I take the best out of both of them. My father was ambitious and free and smart and the world was his oyster. And my mother believed in hard work. You take your time, but never quit. So I take both of those pieces of my parents and I I infuse them together and that's who I am. So when students encounter me in class, I'm always told that I ask for too much. Heavy workload, but there's no other way to succeed in my book. You can't cut corners. You chop the wood or you saw the wood until it's done. And that's what I take from my parents. If you want success, you have to work for it. It doesn't come easily and it doesn't come overnight. And it sounds like uh, a contrast that turned into the right combination for you. Absolutely. And I think that's what also brought them together, right? Yeah. So the cores are the same, the core values are the same, but the life experiences are very different. Exactly. All right, everyone. Our guest is Dr. Tracy Kaiser, and we'll be back in a moment to learn more about her professional journey. Please stay with us. Hey, listeners, this is Clara Mount, host of VMG's original series, Replay. In the next few weeks, I'll be hosting the Crummer Hour, where we'll invite today's Crummer Connections guests to return so they can respond to questions and comments from the Crummer community. We would love to include your thoughts as well. Send us a question or a comment and we'll read your name on the air. You can email me at clara at victormediagroup.co. Look for a link in the show notes and thanks so much. This is JB Adams with an important message. As a member of the Crummer community, you know it's the people that you meet at Crummer who make the greatest difference in your career. So I wanna tell you about Rollins Connect. It's a networking platform that will help you stay connected to over 40,000 Rollins alumni worldwide. Rollins Connect is coming soon and we'll have more details about it in the coming weeks. That's Rollins Connect, your connection to the Crummer community. Welcome back to Crummer Connections. I'm JB Adams and our guest today is Dr. Tracy Kaiser, Associate Professor of Marketing at the Crummer School. Before the break, we were chatting about your early business influences, and now we'd like to learn a little bit more about your professional journey. I always say that each professor's career journey is uniquely different, and so what's uniquely different about yours? All right, JB, thank you. So a journey is what we always talk about, and even here in Crummer with our executive DBAs, we talk about helping students on their journey. And if you think of the metaphor for a journey, you think of someone who's on a long walk and they're trying to get to a destination. Um, 
and I think that's fitting for most people. Um, but I like to think of a journey as a stopping point. And I don't like the idea of there being a stopping point in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to look at things as maybe an evolution and maybe that's the scientist in me. Um, so I would say that the way that I have evolved to become a professor is really based on a series of steps along a journey, but I don't think my journey is finished. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I like to think of this as being an evolving process um, and an evolution. So naturally I started um, my degree um, in chemical engineering. I was a bio- biology major in college. Um, I went to school with the intention of becoming a medical doctor. So I started college on a full scholarship to major in biology pre-med. And that was my choice because my mother had been diagnosed with kidney failure in March of my senior year in high school. So I wanted to go to college to focus on biomedical engineering um, or biomedical anything to figure out how to address the issues with my mother's health. And specifically, she had lupus. And so she had lupus for about nine years and the lupus began to affect her kidneys. And so when I started college, her kidneys were working 5% combined mm-hmm. together. And so she was really motivational for me choosing um, the biology pre-med pathway. That summer, June, before I started college, my father also passed away. Um, and he actually passed away of kidney failure. So I had this double whammy of my mother and father being so very in my spirit as I started um, college. And so I was really passionate about that. Well, my father was an engineer um, and he wanted me to be an engineer, but I said, nope, pre-med, because that was really where my heart was. I started my my degree in biology pre-med and I just thought it was too easy. I was like, I'm much smarter than this. And I know that sounds arrogant, but once again, looking at the Gen X personality, you find your way, you're independent, you discover yourself at each stage of your being. And so I switched to chemical engineering Um, And I still could go to grad school for biomedical engineering. Fast forward to my senior year in college, my mother was in need of a kidney transplant. And so I forewent my last semester in college and I traveled back home to donate a kidney to her um, in April, right before graduation. Now now help people understand when you donate a kidney, that takes some time and it's a major shift in your life. It's a major shift in your body and a major shift in your life. And so surgery was early April, late March, but the workup to doing that started long before it. So we go through compatibility tests. We go through various scans to figure out which kidney is healthy. And so I literally had to stop school my senior year in college to be available to travel back and forth to have all the tests done. So it took me about six or seven months to heal. And then I went back to school and I finished my senior year in the fall. Um, But I was headed towards to graduate school for biomedical engineering, like I stated. But at that point, because I'd given my mother a kidney, um, I didn't feel the need to go forward because I thought the gift was already present. It was inside of her. And um, so I decided to just go ahead and be a process engineer. So I started my career at Amoco in Houston, Texas, or Clear Lake, Texas. Um, 
Amico was, of course, bought by BP, and I was a process engineer there. Um, once again, wearing the badge of honor, being a woman engineer, um, but I wasn't happy. I was wearing steel-toe boots, safety goggles, flame-retardant clothing, and my personality is very much that of a people person, and here I was being isolated in a plant, and I was so unhappy. But it was such an honor to get a degree in chemical engineering, and so I had this chaos and this conflict in my mind, and so I decided that I was going to quit. And um, I told my mother, and I said, I'm going to come home and figure my life out because this isn't working for me. And she almost flipped her wig. Um, she was very disappointed. And Orlando was home, so I moved back to Orlando. And my mother thought I needed counseling, which I think is great. Um, I never went to counseling, but I did but go to Crummer. There's, there's a period of time where you don't know what's going to happen next. You just no. know that this chapter's done. This chapter is finished and I'm stepping out on faith and I'm stepping out on my soul's need to be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. People should listen to their heart, listen to their soul. And if your soul is driving you, you take that leap forward. Um, so I came back home to Orlando and my mother says, you have one degree, you don't need a second. Um, and so I decided to get my MBA from Crummer and that was a two-year program and i'm staying at home with my mother taking care of her because that's where my heart and my love my mother was my heartbeat yeah. and once again here we are a rewind of undergrad days in college my mother passes away in january of my last semester in the program mm -hmm. and um the universe will give you what you're supposed to have and it was a reflection moment for me and i said okay god i got my degree in engineering and I wasn't happy there. And here I am getting my business degree. 9-11 had happened in September. My mother passed away in January. And so in those months, I just felt like I had zero control of my life. Mm -hmm. And um, it was Dr. Carol Anderson, who was a marketing professor. Um, I went to her office one day because I was just so lost. And I cried in her office. And um, she said to me, she says, it's going to be okay. You're going to find your way. And I said, my mother was my grounding source. So she always gave me a compass on what to do next. And I don't have any of that. And so she talked me through it. And I met with her on a weekly basis, I remember. And she one day said, I think you should get your PhD in, in marketing. She's like, you're really good at it. You have a great mind for it. And I think you'll do well. And I said, I don't want another degree. I just want to figure out my way. And I, and I resisted. And she says, well, the opportunity is always going to be there. So don't discard it. So by the time I graduated in May, I wasn't going to attend graduation because it was bittersweet. And I did because at that point I said, okay, I'm ready to face the world. I'm ready to move forward. I can do this. And JB, I, I, I can't even explain to you, um, shortly after, you know, having a conversation with Dr. Anderson one day, I went home. And in my mailbox was a flyer encouraging me to get my PhD. It was almost as if the universe and God said, look, I'm giving you your steps. You wanted to know what to do next because you didn't know what was coming. Here you are. And so I immediately applied um, for several PhD programs. 
And I looked up to heaven and told my mom, I know you didn't think I needed the MBA, but guess what? I'm going to get a PhD too. And I was so tickled by the fact that this is how it all played out. And so that was my evolution getting into the PhD program. And I went to South Florida because I wanted to be close to my brother and sister after losing my mom. Um, I did not receive funding oh. so I, for my PhD, which most people do. Right. And so I, I thought that was another obstacle. And um, I said, nope, I am not turning back. So this journey does not have closed doors. Every door or every hurdle is meant to be achieved. You don't stop. So I paid for my PhD out of pocket my first year. And then by year two, I had double the funding of all the students because I knocked on every door on that university campus and said, hello, my name is, can you help me? Yeah. And I did. And I got the support. So. Well, I, I don't know if you, if you have a takeaway ready to share, but you, you call to mind for me two words that go together, earned determination. Absolutely. Everything in life we have to earn, JB. We, we just can't have someone give it to us. And it's only significant when you earn it. Um, and that's what we're trying to instill in our son is that you have to earn it. Like no one owes you anything and no one's going to give you what they don't think that you should have. So if you want something and you don't want anyone else to stand in your way, you earn it. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Um, it's a powerful takeaway. What we're going to do now is we need to move on to our next segment, which is about what students should expect when they take a Dr. Tracy Kaiser class. So what are some of the main courses that you teach? So JB, I teach the core marketing course and I also teach marketing electives. I teach the marketing analytics course, market research, um, I would like to see a branding course um, come to Crummer as well, um, but th those are the three courses that I currently teach. Um, marketing management, marketing research, and also marketing analytics. And what's your philosophy on teaching these courses? What should a student expect when they take a course with you? So given my engineering background and just my passion for logic, um, they should expect to learn marketing from a very procedural and systematic approach. Um, and for some, that's great. And for others, you know, they just kind of want to get to the end. And I will say for MBA students, it is very tempting for MBA students to go straight to strategy. Oh, mm -hmm. I know how to fix that. But for marketing, and I think what students can expect from my course, strategy is, th is the end step. But before we get to strategy, there's a series of steps and there's a process for understanding why that strategy needs to take place. So I will walk my students through a very process-driven approach to marketing so that they can know all the pieces and all the steps that are involved. And uh, this is, again, a little bit of a personal question, but tell us what you love about being a professor and being in the classroom. So... JB, that's a great question. Um, and I will tell you, my first passion is teaching. I learn as I teach, and I'm a lifelong student. Um, and I'm also a closet nerd. I read a lot. I take in a lot of content. So the idea of teaching affords me the opportunity to learn from other students um, and to learn from my colleagues, um, quite truthfully. So I, I enjoy the fact that my life is never stagnant. It's a dynamic process of growth that never ends. And the other side of that is that when you get to meet students from all different backgrounds and walks of life, I like to find things that I like in other people 
and try to emulate that or add that to um, the portfolio of my person. Um, so it's always nice to meet wonderful people. And it's always nice to meet people that really have this one or two qualities that you just find absolutely amazing. And it kind of makes you want to be a better person or be the best version of yourself because these people have these wonderful things about them. And so I enjoy that part of it. Well, you uh, remind me as someone who has been around the Kramer School for quite some time now that I think what makes the school unique is that we invite people to bring their whole selves to the mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely true. And I like the whole self approach um, and it done correctly you get to see people's weaknesses as well as their strengths. Mm -hmm. And I think it's our weaknesses that make us human and it's our strengths that make us superhuman. Um, and so in order to be good at what you do, there's going to be a combination of both. Yeah. I, I met with a student group last night and um, I shared with them that I read an article last week that says every time you make a mistake, your brain actually grows because mistake is actually mistakes are actually healthy for the brain. And so I shared that article with my seven year old son. So now he's intentionally making mistakes because he wants to have a big brain in his terminology. Um, and so I said for the students, uh, they don't like their mistakes. They want to have a perfect paper and I respect the need to have good work, but I said, it's okay to make mistakes. You know, this is the place where you can do that freely. Oh yeah, and I say celebrate them, own them. Yes. Yeah, they're they're part of your identity, and and uh, there's something to be proud of. Dr. Kaiser, we're about to wrap up our time together, so I would just like to ask, what message would you give to a prospective business student? So that's a great question. Um, we talked earlier about the journey and evolution and all of those metaphors for when someone starts anything that's new. And so I would say to a student, whether they're in the undergraduate Rollins community as a business student or even the Crummer Business School, um, that whenever you start a journey or start your process or you are in whatever stage of your evolution of a person, you're doing it because you want to be your best. You're doing it because you see in your you see inside of yourself something that's compelling you to become better. So because of that vision that you have for yourself, be open. Be open to everything and everyone that you encounter during your time at Rollins. Um, faculty are full of wisdom. They're full of experiences. And they're also very diverse. So mm -hmm. be open to diverse perspectives. Be open to other people's humanity, however that may look. Be open to failing. Be open to celebrating small victories with your colleagues. Just be completely open to becoming a new and a better person because at the end of the day, you are here to get closer to the best version of yourself. And in order to do that, you have to be completely vulnerable to new experiences um, as you go through your program. Great advice, not just for a career, not just for school, but also for life. Dr. Tracy Kaiser, I want to thank you for joining us on the Crummer Connections and for sharing your story with us today. JB, it was a pleasure chatting with you this morning. Thank you so much for having me. We'll have you back again. I look forward to it. Certainly, I will be more than happy to do that. Thanks for listening 
we'll be back again soon with another episode. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Now is a great time to consider enhancing your career success by pursuing an advanced degree in business. And the Crummer School offers a variety of educational programs to help you become a global, innovative, responsible business leader. To learn more about the programs and the application process, go to crummer.rollins.edu. The Crummer Graduate School of Business, experience excellence. Crummer Connections podcast series is a production of Victor Media Group. It's the mission of Victor Media Group to make the world a better place by making ourselves better people. If you like this show, please follow us on your favorite social media platform. Today's show was created and hosted by J.B. Adams and executive produced by Gerard Mitchell, with production assistance by Kyle Sawyer and audio design by Aaron Trinka. Our gratitude goes out to Mike Brown and Loveland Finley in Alumni Relations for their gracious help and support. Until next time, Fiat Lux.